Hello, welcome along to Clare FM's Sideline View. Jerry Clinch with you for the next hour. Coming up on the show, we will look ahead to Clare's clash with Galway in the National Hurling League with two of our 2013 All-Ireland winners. We'll also preview an All-Ireland football final for St. Joseph's Spanish Point and hear about the National Congress of the Ladies Football Association coming to the county. There'll also be a chance to listen back to the last of this series of our Sport in Focus packages where we'll be focusing on cycling in the county. Now we're looking ahead to Clare versus Galway in the National Hurling League this weekend. The uh, action resuming after the couple of weeks break. Colin Ryan with me to look ahead to it. He'll also be on analysis duty on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Colin, we'll look ahead in a moment, but let's look back firstly, I suppose, and get your overall thoughts on how things have panned out so far. Um, yeah, I think I think Brian has managed the league quite well. Um I, I like the way the fixtures ran. I suppose he would have been looking at Westmeath and Wexford possibly as two wins, you know, in in his in his book. But he kind of got the bonus of Limerick in there, so he started with the, I suppose, the young lads who want to make a name for themselves. But to give him the Limerick game back to back, and then to unleash, you know, a few of the big guns in the Wexford game and get a bit of game time into them, you know, I think it has worked out quite well for for Clare, but. It's definitely starting to build up now to Munster Championship um, in the next two fixtures, and I probably probably always would have been looking at these two fixtures as maybe trying to get their their starting fifteen, you know, on paper uh, to play and and trying to work out how maybe the first round of championship is going. But so far, so good. You know, I wouldn't read too much into the Limerick game. I thought Limerick were quite strong that night, but. Um, we, we were missing quite a few leaders, I think, on top of maybe a small bit of quality. But um, I think they'll be looking forward to this Galway game. It'll probably tell us a bit more maybe of where we're at coming into Munster Championship. Yeah, that's, that seems to be a common theme that, you know, Westmeath, you could read nothing into it really. And the same the last day against Wexford. And ironically enough, then you can apply the same comments to the Limerick game. So it's it's almost as if we have nothing to read anything into so far. No, it's hard. It's hard. Like, and it, it's 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 like a game of chess, really. This league because everybody kind of looks at it a small bit differently, maybe depending on their fixtures or you know how 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 they're going to look at maybe matching up with teams and seeing do they want to go full full against this team maybe uh, and not against other teams. But I like obviously Limerick probably looked and felt maybe that they were a small bit undercooked last year, so they've come a bit stronger in the league. Claire probably looking at the likes of Tony and John have a lot of hurling done in their legs and they didn't want to use it too quickly. So, like, every team is looking at it slightly differently and it's very hard to know, really, until kind of the end of the league when teams are starting to maybe get their full-strength teams out where everybody's at. And that's always that's always the risk, like, that there's only so far you can kind of keep saying it's only the league. Like, and, you know, supporters will tell you, sure, look, if we have Tony and Shane O'Donnell and John Conlon happen in April, that's plenty of time. But you'll notice yourself from being involved in those kind of things, it's hard to come in with a standing start. You still need to see some little bit of them before the real stuff starts. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think they kind of manage... You know, John and Tony, well, they're like not, you know, giving them no minutes. They were lucky enough. Like, and I think, I think Brian is, it's kind of Brian's way, isn't it? Like, it's either sink or swim, you know, against Limerick. He kind of felt like, well, listen, you know, give these lads, he had Tony and, and John there. He could have brought him on at half time or whatever, but no, like, he kind of gave the lads a chance to, to show what they have against quality opposition. So, um, He's very much of that kind of ilk that you need to man up and show us what you got and you'll, you'll get opportunities. But um, as well as that, like you've different managers coming in now, new managers obviously in in Cork. You know, Shefflin will be kind of know where he's at with his squad. Um, so like everybody's kind of, it, there's so many factors I think that, that, that allow you to look at the league in different ways. And with there being no real relegation, there's no real fear maybe to 
to, to, to lose or to try these things. And like that, that is the, that's the next step up. Now we're like we were previewing the Wexford game and kind of saying, yeah, okay, not going to meet them in championship until knockout stages, so you can try new things. And like you, you get the feeling the same will apply to Galway. I think a lot of people are coming to Cusick Park on Sunday expecting near championship intensity. Yeah, I think so. And I think like when you look at Galway and Clare, obviously they're 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 in different uh, provincial championships. So like both will probably go at it, like maybe not really giving too much away, but definitely, I, you know, you, you'll see probably a strong Clare team and Sheffield will want to get his lads out there, you know, preparing for, for the, the provincial championships in a couple of weeks' time. And um, I think the way the fixtures have gone, you know, like maybe a league semi-final might be useful to teams, but I think when you get so far, you kind of want to win these games. You want to, you know, you get a sniff at maybe get to a league semi-final or final. Everybody kind of weighs up where they're at early in the league, but definitely when it gets towards the end of it, you kind of have to go full pelt because lose a game, you know, or lose a game by a big margin and momentum can be lost all of a sudden and the year is too short to be losing massive momentum like that. We're going to get the team on Friday night as usual. Uh, it'll be interesting, I think, because this might give us more of an indication. But like Aidan McCarthy back is, is almost like getting a new player. We, we've, we've kind of gone through that one. But like, there's, there's been a couple of ones that have stood out with their hands up, I suppose, none more so. Maybe Adam Hogan is probably going to be very hard to dislodge from that full back line, isn't he? Yeah, well, like, Brian, I was... The, the what I'm impressed with is they looked at where they were short last year and they've tried to figure find the players. You know, Adam has got a lot of time now at, uh, at, uh, in the league. And, like, realistically, when we lost a couple of players in the backs last year, we were, we were a bit lighter than what we anticipated, like, no more so than possibly when we lost John in the, in the All-Ireland semi-final, you know, and, and what was coming after that wasn't as good, maybe, as what we have. I think from, from 8 to 15... I'd hate to pick an 8 15 for Ryan at the minute because Aidan McCarthy's putting his hands up. Mark Rogers is back now, you know, in free flowing form. You've David Reedy who come on and had a great cameo against Limerick, uh, like all coming into a bit of form. It's going to be hard to pick the, the, the two midfielders and the six forwards, you know. Somebody's going to be unhappy, but you are going to have to have that quality to come off the bench to, to, to survive in, in the Munster Provincial Championship and. You know, with injuries, we should be able to cater for it a small bit better. That seems to be key because every bit of analysis I'm listening to from all the experts that are out there on the various uh, formats is that the only way that you can take on this Limerick team is by physically fronting up to them. And then on the same token, people are saying, when you look at the performances against Limerick in the league, every team has decided we're not going to do that just yet. And I'm just wondering in an overall sense then, if you're Limerick and it's almost like a phony war every day you go out and you haven't really been tested the way you're going to meet it in championship, it's like as if all the other counties got together some evening and just decided, listen, this is how we'll take them down. It has to be a collective approach. Nobody touched them until you have to. Yeah, well, they're so good. They're like, let's not underestimate them. Like, they're so good, and I don't think they're going to fall for anything like that. They kind of concentrate on themselves. But like, when you look at Claire last year, Claire went out at them two times, and you know, gave everything to them. But like, the, the momentum we lost after losing that monster final, after giving everything, you know, probably took an awful lot away, maybe from the rest of the year. And like, you really have to take them down when you get a chance because. You know, they're like a predator. Like, if you give them a sniff of it, they'll learn from that. And, and, and like, I think realistically, there's, you, you could play a phony war with Limerick all year because you really only need to take them down once. You know, some team needs to take them down in a killer blow in an All-Ireland series because, you know, unless every team 
uh, can turn them over in Munster. You know, they're just a different animal. And like if Clare can kind of look at maybe hitting them like they hit them last year and, and fronting up to them. And I think Clare are very well matched to fronting up to them physically. But we probably ran out of a bit of esteem. We probably ran out of a bit of depth, you know, to kind of get over the line. And they'll be looking at that and going, you know, we're in a right good place to have a go at them this year. But... Uh, to, to get into an Ireland series, Clare are still going to have to front up against Cork and Tipperary and Waterford and Limerick. You know, so uh, the Munster Championship is really, you know, doggy dog, and uh, there is no team you can take for granted. Yeah, we'll be uh, enjoying looking forward to that one in a couple of weeks' time. But just for on Sunday, then, like, if you take w- what Galway have done in the league, what Shefton has done the last couple of years, like, would you agree with the analysis that he's not really any closer to knowing what his stronger 15 are, that Clare might be in a better place in that sense? Yeah, I think Henry has got in there trying to, like, I think that Galway squad was in a bit of transition when he went in there. You know, obviously, Joe left. Um, you know, and the balance of their team had to change. And I think he has kind of gone in there last year and like this year. He's trying to, to, to see what lads have in them, you know, to build a bit of squad depth. And he has definitely used the league four years, I think, to, to blood an awful lot of younger new players coming through because he doesn't really get the chance to do that anywhere else. Because when you get to a provincial championship, you, you don't have time to experiment. You know, you have to go at it, you know, full pelt from, from the off or you're going to be not in the All-Ireland Series. And that's a big problem, you know, for, for these teams that there's going to be, you know, possibly one really good team in Leinster gone after the provincials and there's obviously going to be two in Munster. So, like, you can take nothing for granted. And I think Henry has refused the league both years to see what he has at his disposal um, and to see where he's at come championship. I suppose this has been the first big block of training that teams will have had, you know, without other distractions, be it Fitzgibbon or Freshers or whatever. And, like, it, it looked as if that was a Galway panel that were quite impacted by that. You know, Tiernan Killeen and Evan Island and these guys all tied up. So maybe he'll have got to get his hands on these fellas a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose unlike maybe us and Clare, where we have, you know, a handful involved at UL, you know, the Galway colleges went far in it. And, like, if you look at the, the, the teams in, in, in both, I think, you know, there was very few from outside of Galway um, involved in both panels. You know, I know uh, uh, we had, obviously, the Clare, the Clare man from Aerogue was the captain, but, like, uh, of UCG. But he would have had an awful lot of players who were, who were training a lot, who had a big workload on. So I would imagine that he probably earmarked this game as being maybe a game where he can get his strongest 15 out. So I'm kind of hoping he does. Uh, I'm kind of kind of hoping he comes at it, you know, with Galway at full strength because I think Brian will as well and it will give, you know, both squads an idea of where they're at come championship. Now we're continuing our look ahead to Clare versus Galway in the National Hurling League with uh, Pat O'Connor. Uh, Pat, big game against Galway coming up. We'll talk about it in more detail in just a second. But to get a sense from you as to how you've maybe assessed how things have gone to date. Um, look, I, I think Brian has been he's in he's in year four now. I think is it, and uh, oh, he's very much he doesn't he doesn't need to the kind of uh, the safety net of, of league results to to know where to to give himself any any bit of comfort. He knows if he's, he needs to find players and in fairness to him, I think he's thrown around. He's given a, an awful lot of stats. Um, 
two lads and chances to lads and he's having a good look and uh, I think he'd, he'd, have, he'd have liked an awful lot of what he saw against Wexford or I suppose on the flip side he wouldn't have liked an awful lot of what he saw against Limerick so um, I think I think if you were I think within, within the dressing room lads would be looking to put the shoulders away and get two solid performances now to, to lead into championship is, is Do you get the feeling that the squad has been deepened a little bit from what we've seen? I do, yeah, I do. I think I think probably the most interesting one probably is the the goalie. Like he seems to have, have given Aaron Foody a, a real a real um, chance, a real shot in the shop window, and um, he hasn't hasn't disappointed today. It's like he's an, an exceptional. He's an exceptional. Um, Good, exceptionally good goalkeeper, huge work rate, Emil Foody, and you know he's he's he looks like it, it's going to be an interesting conversation with, between himself and Aver. But I, I haven't said that Aver has has been there done that for the last couple of years, so you, you'd have to say he's in the driving seat all the time. But um, no more sudden goalkeeper full back line. Uh, Adam Hogan looks like he's he's going to be a find, and um, you know you up front. Then I suppose it's. It's the confirmation of of the quality that's there, the returning quality of of um, Ed McCarthy, uh, Mark Rogers, as like that. I suppose this point, and I think Shane Mean is struggling with a bit of an injury at the moment, but uh, you know it, it, he looks to be still building a decent uh, strength and depth, which I suppose ultimately was what caught Clare out uh, as they progressed last year. You know, a couple of couple of injuries here and there really derailed their their season. But um, I think if you were if you were buying the, in his backroom team, that's what they're looking at for for these remaining couple of matches. Yeah, that forward depth is something people have spoken quite a bit about. I'd say as a, as a defender, you might be a little bit glad, Pat, that you're not chasing half these lads around under lights of a Thursday night. Like, but there's there seems to be a massive quality there, doesn't there? Yeah, huge, huge, and uh, um, from the I think Peter Peter Dogan played the half forward line in in the in the Westwood game, and to me that's that would be Peter's best position. I'd love to see him out there uh, more often, but um, you know, yeah, of course you can only do that if you if you have the the depth inside, which which players seem to be building, and um, you know, David really really this season came to light, and it uh, seemed to be ten minutes against Limerick, and uh, you know, he's carried on that. That, that that form against Wexford too and that's just what you want you want lads putting up their, their hand you want to see when the ball is thrown in on, on a 15 or a 15 on a Tuesday or a Thursday that's uh, you know, there's real real legitimate um, competition for places and uh, you know, that's only, only kind of fosters a really really good um, really competitive environment Given that I suppose Clare and Galway won't be seeing each other until deep into the All-Ireland Championship if they both get there. Are we expecting a full-blooded one this weekend for both to see where they are? Um, you just couldn't see the league. You know the pitfalls of of the league and the league final and probably the league semi-final. Um, is it is it where Clare or Galway want to be necessarily? Um, I, I wouldn't dare speak for either men no but if maybe if I was in their shoes you you prefer disappearing to the background for four weeks rather than you know putting it all out there on, on consecutive weekends uh, in the league final and the league semi-final I, I think I think they'll go all out with, uh, to win for a performance but you know I think the players that'll take the field will probably be a mix of uh, first choices and guys who are trying to force their way in there so while it won't be while it won't be, um, I'd say full strength from either side. I'd say both sides will be will be looking for for a good performance of of, of the fifteen that takes the field anyway. 
I think you've summed up, Pat, the most popular opinion that's out there and something the GA surely have to listen to. If you're looking at a situation where teams are trying to avoid getting to the semi-final of the second most prestigious competition in the hurling country, it speaks volumes about the scheduling, does it? So it's okay. There's, there's no problem at all with the, with, the, with the competition. I mean, back probably five or six years ago when it seemed to have a bit of breathing space and, it, and its time in the calendar, it was an excellent competition. Like you could really gear up for um, to have a right go at it and then Clare often did. Like and Clare have always played, you know, good respect to the competition. But, um, you know, the way it's fallen now, with the way if it's given us kind of sandwiched in there, you've got, you know, young lads are playing fresh with hurling now, can be 19, 20, you know, they can be established members of a, of a, of a inter-county setup. So, you know, they're being brought away at a particular time. And, you know, you have the likes of Tony and John, who kind of sides, who've lads who are really major miles on the clocks and, you know, who are trying to probably just ease their way back into it kind of from now on you know it can it can mean that like you know the the competitiveness is diluted the you know the real cut and thrust is diluted and unfortunately you know you're, you're talking about playing the championship on, on April 23rd like it, that is the be in that is the you know the absolute only show in town for Tipperary coming to Innes and you know if you need preparation you cannot beat preparation for that and uh yeah, Brian will be saying to his team no matter no matter what happens in the league, like to be ready for that day is is the absolute uh, of the utmost importance, and you know, whatever comes in its way before then will be dealt with. But he'd say you know he has to be prepared for that day, and that's what he'll be judged on, not necessarily you know uh, fourth and fifth round of leagues or league semi finals. We saw that last year with Watford, like you know it counts for a little ultimately when when kind of the when the Ball is thrown in the Munster Championship, so um, I think all, all the managers will be, will be uh, cognizant of that over the next couple of weeks. If you're looking at it then from a performance point of view, what do we need to see on Sunday? Um, I just think you need to see, uh, I suppose it'd be important for Tony and John and those guys to get another game into their legs. Um, Aidan McCarthy, I suppose, just continue to build his confidence, build his form back in and I think from probably nine back to back the way, like you, you need, probably need to be start settling on um, a good few of the positions there to get the kind of units working together, to get communication going together, to get uh, you know, to get comfortable playing alongside each other. Um, and that's what they, and then I suppose up front, then you, it's going to be a case of you know who's putting their hand up the most. Um, a lot of guys in showing good form, and probably guys to come into form yet. So, you know, I, I'd imagine if you you were in your own training this week, it's a, an awful lot of just emphasis on performance, taking your chance when you get your jersey, um, trying to keep out the next man. I, I think that that's what Brian and his management team will be hammering home all week. Yeah, just a word on the opponents, Galway coming down, I suppose, in a lot of ways, they have a lot of those answers to to kind of get through as well. You know, th- there doesn't seem to be anything majorly settled about what they've done so far. Good positive start with that Walsh Cup double header as it was down in Wexford Park, but since then, stuttering along, it seems. Yeah, they're, they're I suppose, they're a, sl- a slightly different um, um, stage of their development in Clare. Uh, Henry Shefflin's in his second year and 
probably is a number of positions in the field that he is trying to find uh, just a bit of continuity and consistency in and um, you know, he'll be he'll be trying to get I suppose if you possibly Henry Shefflin you're, you're, you're looking for a more settled performance I mean you, you'd have to you'd have to go back to Clare's last day out against Wexford to, to, to score what they scored Um was was uh, you'd have to say is, is is really really impressive. Like that is not an easy place to go and win, uh, and it's really not an easy place to to go and put a big score. Like so, I think Brian would have seen enough that day to you know to see the kind of green shoots to see the, when we are going well. This is what we look like. Um, but I, uh, possibly Henry Shefflin couldn't say the same thing just yet. But you know it should be a really good competitive fair, and you know I, everyone knows uh, any any county game inside in, in the park, and then it's like they're going to want to defend that, and they don't give up too many easy points there. They, you know, you'd have to install them as favourites too, by virtue of the fact that they're playing in and so um, you know it should be a really good fair, and you know they're. You'd, you'd imagine the, the, 50, the both fifteens that go up there fighting for a place or fighting for form or anything like that. You know, it will be it will be full blooded and it should be a good game. That's Colin Ryan and Pat O'Connor giving their views on Sunday's game. Colin will be on analysis beside Sid in Cusick Park on Sunday. That one has a one forty five start. Up next, we will preview a huge weekend ahead for St Joseph's Spanish Point. Now you're welcome back to the show. Saturday afternoon sees St. Joseph's Spanish Point taking on Ardskull Curon of Clara in the All-Ireland Senior D football final. Ahead of that, we've been speaking with some of those involved, starting with one of their key players, Vice-Captain Josh Maloney. It's just very exciting. It really makes the school year enjoyable as well. Like, you have something to look forward to. You're going into, going into school, you've trained in the evenings and the matches just keep coming as great. Like, very happy with it. It's a huge part of the school environment here. Obviously, there's a great tradition. Like it's something that you'd enjoy being part of. Yeah, there is massive tradition for all sport really in the school, but especially football. Like, and it's, it's very enjoyable. Like, and uh, it's great to have because it's uh, something outside of the books to look forward to when you go to school. Yeah, but the books are important all the same. It's a big year for a lot of you. How are you finding that balance? Yeah, fairly good now. Like it's, I thought it'd be harder, you know, with training and things, but it's actually going fairly well. And the, all the teachers are very helpful and things, which are working. They understand the way football as well, so it's a good balance. Like, so. yeah, and, and that's you can see that support from the school. Like driving in here this morning, the flags are out at the gate. It's the first thing you see. Like, so there's a massive buzz around. Yeah, it's a great buzz, and it makes makes the games easier to play when you have people going, and it makes everything better and more enjoyable when you have support and you have people with their flags out and the car flags and. Great excitement around the school, like. Was that support important the last day? Because it was a fair old battle. Like, it seemed that when you got on top, the crowd kind of really willed you home from there. Yeah, it was massive. And it's massive in every game you play. Like, when it's close, the crowd makes an awful difference. Like, when you have people that travel that distance to go on, they're all shouting and supporting. It makes the game much more... Just gives a great atmosphere to, to play in and drives you on when it's in a tight game, like, when you're in a battle. Yeah. This group, back along, so from first year onwards... Would you have ever have thought that an All Ireland final was on the cards? How did you do back along the grades? Um, we won under fifteen D Munster, but you would never have said to yourself like, "Oh, we'll win in All Ireland." Like there was always, you'd said, to be a bit of a stretch. But now that we're here, like it's it's a great achievement, and we're just all delighted. Yeah, three fifteen to score in a semi final that brings huge belief with it. Yeah, it's a massive scoreline, like and. It is great, it just shows that we work well and we're well able to get our scores and we just hope that we can do it again the next day. Yeah, and like, it's probably evolved a lot, schools football, in the last couple of years because most of you fellas are on, you know, there'll be minor squads, 20 squads. You're bringing huge experience to it. It's a very high level. 
yeah, it's a massive high level. Like, uh, you've lots of lads playing with county and lads that play with county all the way up along. And even the lads that didn't are all playing in club football and they're all doing well in club football. And it's, it's a very high level, like, it's school's football. And you've got that experience. You've been part of county panels. You've played senior for your club as well. So you're clearly a fella that's enjoying his football at the minute. Yeah, it's going well for me at the moment. No one just keeps going like that. Huge family tradition, Josh. We know that. Do you get much advice over the WhatsApp groups? <laughs> yeah, loads of advice. I have plenty of lads. I have plenty of messages coming in telling me X, Y, and Z. Like, but it's great. It's great to have it. It's yeah. great when you have family behind you, like helping you. I don't think well a couple of them would have played in All Ireland finals. Maybe you'll be hoping to go one step further than them. But like, it, it's great to have that backup. Like we know what what your uncles and and more did besides in in a football jersey. So like you have a lot of experience to lean back on. Yeah, it's great. Like you always have that help. You have, like lads there have managed uncles have managed teams, played in teams. So it's a great help that always get advice and you're never stuck for anything. Like. Yeah, we, we know you've, the opponents from Offaly it'll be a tough game but I'd say it's just a case of you're looking at yourselves no more yeah well look we're not really looking at the opposition we're just planning to go and play the way we play and if we play our best we definitely have every chance yeah, and Paul finally has referenced it before like we've seen Clare teams school teams in, in All-Ireland hurling finals to have a football team there is pretty unique so like you're, you're carrying a real real big mantle there yeah it's great for Clare football like they wouldn't have always been the thought of as that top level but we showed that we can be there like and it's great to have it it's great for Clare football like. that is St Joseph's Vice Captain Josh Maloney there helping to guide them on the sideline are the management trio of Paul Reedy principal of the school uh, Sean O'Brien and Paul Dillon Dillon who of course is a Dunbeg stalwart told me they're reaping the reward of the efforts being put in look it's the culmination of a lot of a lot of hard work by by the players and, and I suppose ourselves as well so no it's, it's nice it's, it's, uh, it's nice to prep for it yeah for sure I'd say it's something that perhaps you wouldn't put down in your list of aims at the start of the year, but as the year goes on, it probably becomes something you look towards. Um, yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, I suppose you start off the year and you just want to, to get a few wins under your belt. And we began to make a bit of progress throughout Munster. And I suppose without probably saying it too loud, you, you always had that in the back of your head. It would be nice to, to go as far as we possibly can. So... Yeah, no, look, we're, 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 um, we've a lot of work put in and we're lucky to be where we are. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can take the final step now. Yeah, I guess a lot of these competitions, the early rounds probably go that little bit under the radar. But once you hit a Munster final, that momentum really starts to build, doesn't it? It does, it does. And even even here in, in school, I suppose, it, um, it becomes a, a topic of conversation too when people start to take notice and... Um, I suppose, look, it's like every competition, the further up the, up the ladder you go, um, you know, you're coming up against teams that are equally as prepped as you. And um, yeah, it, it definitely has, has built up. So no, it's, it's nice. It's nice to be here. And like just looking through the squad list, I mean, it's a really high profile team. There's guys that have played minor in 20 county. There's fellas that have played senior for their club. Like they're at a really good level, aren't they? They are, they are. Um, and I suppose that has benefited us too. And look, there's a, there's a lot of great work being put in by our local clubs, you know, Kilmurray, Milltown, Dunbeg, who are clear to kind of make up the bulk of our team. But um, what we've noticed now this year is a, a lot of our starting team would have played adult football last year. So they have QZ Cup experience, they have senior football championship experience here in Clare. So um, it's great. It, it, it stands to them, I think, the age. You know, even being in training with your, with your club, you learn things from, from the, the older players. So um, yeah, it's definitely been beneficial to us. 
And on a personal level, like these are guys that know how to look after themselves. Just mm. talking to a few of them in there, it's bottles of water, it's staying away from the chocolates. It's yeah. it's a culture they build within a squad themselves. It is, it is. And I suppose, look, a lot of our a lot of our, our starting team would have had the experience of being in with county teams from, from a young age. So they're well aware. I think you know yourself, football has progressed and sport has progressed so much. It's, it's not just about showing up to train and now and showing up to games. You have your diet, you have your, your, your water, you have you've so much to, to take into account. You have your gym work and everything. But no, they're, 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 they are, they're good. They buy into it. And um, I suppose, look, they've, they've reaped the benefits so far anyways. And that's probably helping them then when they come to this level that they're not going in with almost that uh, shell shock type approach. Like they've played against these players. Like yeah. just chit-chatting there with Sean Neal and he was able to tell me that two of the Clara players are on the awfully under-20s. Like, for kids to be that so tuned in, yeah. is, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. It is for sure. But even, you know, even just in preparation for, for the game, they obviously know that, but they know themselves that the, the preparation work is done. So um, it, it takes out a lot of the, the unknown firm. Um, so, yeah, look, they're, they're, they're well prepped and hopefully we can, we can push on now and, and take the final step. You mentioned the four clubs that make up the nucleus of the squad. It's, it's very seldom you see them united under the one yeah. banner. That's, that's quite a dynamic, but like, it definitely showed the last day that this is a, a one-for-all approach. Oh, it is. It is. It is for sure. Um, look, I suppose you have you've you've four, and if you include we've we've one um panel member now with Western Gales. So like, there it takes up the the bulk of West Clare, and traditionally your senior clubs would be West Clare. So, we like for us, thankfully, there's been no no aggro or anything at training. Look, they spend they spend most of the day every day with each other in classes. They train together and to be honest, once they have the, the maroon and sky blue with Spanish point on, it's it's that team and that team only, you know. So um no, it's great. They've really they've really bought into it to it. So um yeah, it's it's no, it's it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that has been reduced down to a light-hearted banter any over the years because of mm. that school element, the colleges element, yeah. and the fact that they're in county squads so much together anyway. So that's great. Um, Clara, the opponents, mm. the, the alma mater of a certain Shane Lowry, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So like this will be a big occasion and and a very very strong team by the looks of it up against you as well. Yeah, um, look, you know anyone that follows GA, awfully awfully GFs have a, a proud history about hurling and football. So. Um, you know, and Clara are a, a strong Joe Dave, a strong club team and awfully so yeah, look, we, we know we know what's going to be ahead of us, it's going to be a tough game. Um they're a really well organised team. So um we just need to I suppose focus on ourselves really and try and get if we can get the best Spanish point performance, that's all we can ask for. And if it's good enough on the day to, to win the game, then it is. But we just need to I suppose focus on ourselves. Obviously we'll take into account what what Clara do and the way they set up and so on, but um, we've we've a lot of stuff that we we've to work on as well. And that spirit will be important because I know that was crucial the last day. I'm probably driven a lot by the supporters that came. We're hearing the game might be close enough to home, so like that big home support will be important as well if you can get it. Yeah, it will of course. Um, even in the semi final, Derek, like we were down, I think by four points on two occasions, and the boys still managed to to drag it back, which was brilliant for us. Um, but even for myself, I, I'm seven years here now in Spanish Point, but even being on the pitch now after the, the semi-final win, Joe, I see ex-pupils here and, and guys that I would have trained in schools teams going back five or six years and they're coming up to see the game. So it has definitely generated interest. And I suppose being from such a, a stronghold of football here in West Clare, like it, 
the local community Johnny they love their football so it's it's great for for them and it's great for us that they were there to to cheer cheer us on and cheer on the boys St. Joseph's Spanish Point teacher and coach Paul Dillon there. That one has a one o'clock start on Saturday in Tune. We will have live commentary of the game on air here on Clare FM. That coming in with the Belbridge House Hotel in Spanish Point. It's a busy Saturday ahead indeed with the under-20 footballers also in action as they play in the Liam O'Connor Cup final against Limerick in Milton. That one's set for a seven o'clock start on Saturday evening under the lights. Now news this week that the 2024 Annual Congress of the Ladies Gaelic Football Association will be held here in Clare. Second time in recent years that delegates will descend here for the event. The most recent one back in 2015 at the Inn at Drumoland. The news was confirmed at this year's Congress just last week with the venue to be decided over the coming months. Chairman of the Clare Ladies Football Board Sean Linehan has been telling me it will be a great sporting and economic boost for the county. We've just come out of the... uh 2023 annual congress which was held up in county Meath, you know and uh um it moves around every year provincially and i suppose if we have something to thank COVID for it was that it skipped a year so um the, the, the next year it's coming to munster and we had to compete along with a number of other munster counties to host it you know and i think the fact that it is uh, next year is also the 50th year anniversary of uh of ladies football being formed in ireland i think it's a marvelous opportunity um for us here in clare to show what we can do in terms of the football, but also in terms of what the county has to offer, because we could have anything. If everybody comes, there'll be 170 delegates from Ireland, England, mainland Europe, America, Canada, Australia, etc. And many of these didn't bring a, a partner with them, you know, so there's an accompanied person's tour. So it's a great opportunity, if you like, from an economic and tourism point of view as well for the county to show what we have. And if we do that right, many of these people will come back again with friends and family and enjoy the county later date as well. Yeah, it's a great honour for Clare Ladies Football as well. A great vote of confidence in, I suppose, the, the, the trust to put something like this on. Um, absolutely. You know, I suppose we, we, you know, I suppose we're we're a little bit biased, but we think we are doing good work at uh, Clare LGFA point of view. And in fact, we're a long and we have a long and proud tradition of ladies football in Clare. And this year is, in fact, our own 40th anniversary. So later this year, we'll be celebrating the fact that Clare Ladies was set up at a meeting in Milton Malbay back in 1983, you know, so that's when the Clare Ladies Football Board was formed initially, and uh, I suppose in the intervening years, we've been working hard, we have 22 clubs in the county at the moment, we have over 3,700 members, you know, so we have a lot of good people working very hard, not just at county level, but at club level, because that's that's where all the hard work is done, and the heavy lifting is done, so I just want to thank on behalf of the county board, and all the people that are doing whatever they're doing at, at club level for the betterment of ladies football and Clare. Am I mistaken in saying that this isn't the first time Clare has had this honour? No, yeah, we we um <clears throat> we hosted it last time in 2015. As I say, it moves around year on year by province. This year was Leinster, last year was Ulster. It skipped the year before that then because of COVID, and before that was Connacht, you know. So eight years, the last time it was in Munster, uh, Kerry hosted it, and the previous time to that, I think Clare hosted it in 2015. Um, it was a great occasion. We ran a very good congress. Um, everybody uh, complimented us afterwards, but it had some mixed emotions in that later that week uh, we lost poor Johnny Hayes, who, who was a, a stalwart of Clare Ladies Football, not just at, or in Clare, but not just in Clare, but at Munster level and at national level as well. So we're particularly honoured, you know, to have it back again. And as I say, the 50th year, I think, is extra special because there'll be a lot 
more, I suppose, uh, promotion and awareness building around the fact that it's 50 years, you know, so we'll use that, you know, uh, to our advantage as well as hosting the, the National International Congress. We'll use it for our advantage to improve or to raise awareness for ladies football in Clare and, you know, what the county has, as I say, generally to offer. As you touched on there, there's the wider economic benefit. We don't have details yet, I understand, of where it might be hosted. But no matter where it is, it, it will bring business to the county. And I suppose every time that happens, it's to be welcomed. Yeah, absolutely. It's on the same weekend every every year, you know, because, you know, it's it's logistical exercise for, for, for the visiting delegates coming from overseas. So it's always on the first weekend of March. So next weekend, it's the first is the Friday, I think. So the first, second and third of March, it'll be in the county there. Where exactly, we don't know yet. But look, we've many good hotels that could cater for it. You know, there'll be, you know, there's a lot of requirements there in terms of, you know, being able to accommodate over 100 rooms, uh, being able to feed over 170 people. You have a kind of a dinner on the Friday night. You have a banquet on the Saturday night. Um, you know, so there's lots of good things. And then, as I say, because when we have that ca- people down and those numbers down in Clare, we'll do something. We'll do a bus tour to the cliffs or whatever, you know, depending on where it is. As I say, it could be on in the West Coast, it could be on in mid, mid Clare, and then again, it could be on in, in East Clare. You know, we've hotels. We're blessed, I suppose, with having very good hotels that are capable of meeting the requirement, but we don't know exactly where it will be yet. Absolutely. And before all that rolls around, Sean, I suppose uh, the uh, club season here in Clare has got underway as well. Obviously, the county team are in the throes of their Division 3 campaign. So uh, a busy time, but it, it has all started up again anyway. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we've had our adult leagues there over the weekend. Our minor team are doing fantastically well there, the, the, the Beat Curry and Limerick, or the Beat Curry and Tip, and they're playing Limerick next week in Milltown, so we wish them well. The intermediate team is back out again on Sunday week, as you say. Um, we're playing Louth, most likely down in Dunbeg, so we'd ask for a big crowd to be at that. We've our last game then against Longford the week after, but at a club level then, we're taking this two-week uh, uh, moratorium, if you like, on county matches, and we're trying to run off a couple of league matches at the same time, you know. So it's all full on. Uh, but as I say before, we have very good people uh, doing the work. Clare Ladies Football Chair Sean Linehan there. Lots more to come here on Sideline View. Do stay tuned. We will come back to the show. We're in the final part of this series of Sport in Focus. I met with John Maloney and Ger Hassett of the Burren Cycling Club to chat about the sport in the county and indeed look ahead to some of the big events being staged here over the coming months. We start by talking with John. At the moment in Clare, we would have um, up to maybe eight or seven or eight cycling clubs spread all across the county from West Clare Cycling Club um, based in Kilrush to ourselves, Burn Cycling Club based out of Ballyvaughan. But there are no parish boundaries when it comes to cycling clubs. Um, Jared is originally, I suppose, West Clare, but he's a member of Burn Cycling Club from North Clare. So the reality is that um, you can have members of your club, but it could be from anywhere in the county, even outside the county. So at the moment, yeah, we have uh, like Clare Crusaders in Innes, uh, Clare Ladies Cycling Club. You've Trattery Wheelers in Newmarket. You've um, Club Rohiuk Nishuna in, in Shannon. And uh, Riverside Cycling Club here in Innes Diamond. And of course, you have the, uh, Dalman as well, Dalman CC in Innes. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of cycling clubs. And most of these clubs have a good mix of guys who, and girls who take up cycling just as a leisure activity. And then you have an element to some of the clubs that are involved in the sport, the competitive side of it, and they take part in races every year. And all these clubs are affiliated to what's called Cycling Ireland. They're, the, I suppose, the official governing body for the sport in Ireland. And all these clubs would pay an affiliation fee towards Cycling Ireland every year. And we as members of clubs 
we would pay also for our license every year. So I have an A4 license. Jay would, uh, Jared would have a, an A1 license. So um, yeah, so most clubs are kind of coordinated like that. But then you have people who just are not members of clubs and they take up cycling and they're they're out there cycling every weekend or as often as they can, mm-hmm. and they're not cycling. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I suppose in recent times, the last ten years or so, a lot of people have uh, taken up uh, cycling, and especially during COVID, there um, when people were f- trying to find things to do. You know, they were getting out doing their walks, but they also took out their bike, especially with the family and kids, and they would cycle out to Ballyella or Dromore Lake, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, so it's in a cycling is in a great place, and uh, we'd like to see more people in bikes, basically. You know, but look, um, it's uh, it, it's uh, about creating a safe environment for them, and there's work in progress in relation to that. But no, it's in County Clare, it's fantastic, it's great. Yeah, we hope that there's, there's people at home either watching this or listening to it that it might coax them to take that step. Uh, Jared, you're one of those people that we talked about it from a, a competitive sense. Uh, what first drew you to it? Uh, well, my, my brother was big into cycling back in the late 80s, 90s. He did a couple of Rosses himself and inspired me to get going. I was always on, cycling and bike anyway, but I didn't actually do competitively till my late 20s. I was playing soccer, Clamelly and Connolly junior soccer and clear and that was my my sporting you know that was my sporting aspirated my sporting thing like but i a, a friend at work uh, he, he was big into cycling he, just, he took me out for a spin and i kind of got the competitive buzz for cycling yeah. and i kind of went in, went down that a- avenue and, you know, and so it just went into races and it was suiting me and i got up the grades and I'm still at it anyway, <laughs> 10 years later. As we said, you're, you're in that A1 status. Yeah. You started A4, moved to A1, which is the top of the game. Like So that takes a lot of commitment, a lot of hours practice, and a lot of self-questioning kind of as much as anything. It, it could be lonesome out on the roads when you're facing up those hills. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's kind of a lifestyle choice, really. You know, it's, it's not easy training winter roads, but it's kind of a goal to get to a certain fitness. You know, It's kind of something that I kind of like to do, like, you know. I think most cyclists are kind of a bit like that anyway, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they kind of they like being outdoors and you know pushing themselves, and I'd be like that. And most of the riders racing would be like that, yeah. you know. And that's it about maybe cycling as a team sport, but there's also that incredible individual aspect as well. Maybe it's something similar in athletics like that. Do, yeah. do you do you prefer the the, the self drive thing or the team environment or what keeps yeah, you in it's it? A bit of, bit of both, actually. Yeah. You know. The, with cycling, it's an individual sport, but it's, a t- it's actually a team sport as well. It's hard to kind of, from looking from the outside, you'd think it's just pure individual sport, but it's a big team element in, in it as well. And say during our training, like there's great camaraderie in the in, with our group. You know, it's like a it's a team team game. It's 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 very enjoyable. Yeah. And I suppose that's the thing then, like we, we've spoken about some of the events that have come to Clare, we've often profiled the Junior Cycle Tour and all those, you mentioned the Ross. There's something about Clare that obviously people involved in cycling, A, like to enjoy, but B, I suppose, given the topography of the county, like to endure as well. For sure, yeah. I mean, listen, in County Clare, the support out there is fantastic, uh, from the public, the general public, to all the agencies like the Civil Defence, your, your, you know, your county councils and stuff like that. And... Um, it's it's creating that environment so you can have the likes of these large international events. I mean, the Ross Talton's coming up in May. That's the equivalent of the Tour de France here in Ireland. You know, you get the likes of Jarrett here, who's the top of his game, 
uh, competing in, in that race against guys from and teams from across Europe and, and abroad. Uh, likewise, with the Junior Tour of Ireland, all the, the um, junior uh, riders come here every year and they, they come from all over the world in the US as well. And some of these guys go on, like Eddie Dunvar, they all took part in the Junior Tour of Ireland and they go on to you know, you know, achieve what they have now as the professional status. But also in Clare, we have the, the leisure events. Um, the Ring of Clare, uh, run by Mark O'Connell out of Clare Castle. That's a huge event every year and uh, that, that goes out uh, towards West Clare. We have the West Clare Challenge coming up in September as well, run by the West Clare Cycling Club. Here in Ennis Diamond, there's a massive event every year and there's, it's happening in this April. Matt Hennigan here from the Riverside Cycling Club. Could be a thousand cyclists here in April. And there's great spirit here in the, in the town to support that. And uh, it attracts people in from all over the country and abroad to basically showcase this county. And, you know, you've other, you've other smaller events. I run a small event myself coming in October, myself and Paul Murphy. Uh, Paul's there in Clark Castle. We run it for mental health. It's just get out, get active, get on your bike, and, and we do a small charity cycle for that. So across the board, um, there are um, a variety of events. And we have our own. Donman were great for putting on our, the county championship every year, which is the local riders absolutely hammering each other um, in a race and that's where you pick your that's where the county champion comes out of I think Jarrett was county champion on, on, on one occasion and that's a great event that was run by Dolman uh, we also have the, the Cotter and Crotty Cup out in West Clare like, that's one of the oldest races in the country mm-hmm. and um, so there's a massive there's a massive mix there there's a bit for everybody whether you, whether you cycle for leisure or you cycle for a sport I think the county is really really back in cycling as a, an activity and it's great to see it we have produced some fantastic cyclists as well. I remember doing pieces with uh, Ella Doherty yeah. when she won her championships. Imogen Cotter is obviously going on to be very high profile as well. So that's something, Jared, perhaps that people may not consider that, OK, you're cycling around Clare, you're taking in the scenery, you're doing all that, but there's a gateway there to, to perhaps look at the professional side of it as well. Well, uh, especially now, it's uh, more of a, a kind of a straight line that you can get to higher levels, you know, if you get good A1 results and... There's a chance that you could get, you know, get a, a team abroad. You know, it's, you're more in the shop window these days. You know, to have an actual career in sport. Mm. And, and those races abroad, is that something that you've experienced, or is it something that's in the back of the head to no, to maybe try? Me personally, I got to this world a bit too late. But if, if from a certain age, you know, there is a gateway there for progression in the sport. I guess it is the type of thing that you could even take from a leisure point of view. Like people go on motorbikes around uh, Spain and Portugal. I'm sure there's no reason why you couldn't go on the bicycle as well. And and just on the bicycle, people can see them here behind us if they're watching the the video on our Facebook page. Let's. Um, it's not something that comes cheap. At the same time, it's an invest. It's an investment in lifestyle. But there's there's a bit of hardware that has to go with it. Bikes can range from say 800 euros to so a perfectly good bike to. Some more expensive bikes that you might need a second mortgage to to get, but uh, the, 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 the entry into the sport it's, it's not that it's not that expensive. No, and the, the cycle to work scheme helps as well. Yeah. You get something like twelve hundred and fifty euros there towards a road bike, so that kind of helps. It, it encourages people maybe to take on a bicycle, and uh, and we would encourage people to try it and contact some of the clubs there. You, a lot of the clubs operate operate off Facebook and um, they'd have their own Facebook page and they're only delighted to uh, show people it's so important actually when you get a bike to get fitted properly have the right equipment, the right gear because um, if, if you have that it's a start but if, if you just take up a bike and it's not fitted for your right or you're not wearing the right clothing and stuff like that you'll get sores and pains and aches and all that sort of stuff and it might discourage you from continuing the cycling 
So, you know, if you are going to take it up, uh, just get, get proper advice. And, we're, and some of the clubs are great in giving advice. Like, I remember when I, when I started cycling, well, I, I always cycled to school and stuff. Didn't give it up for a good few years, but I was encouraged to do a 90-mile cycle around Loch Corrib for a charity Cree. And uh, I can still feel the pain in my rear end from, from that particular day. I never thought I'd get to the finish line. But then again, a couple of weeks prior to that, I never thought in my wildest, you know, that, that I was achieved 90 miles in one day. Mm. And a bit of training and the proper advice, I got there and I haven't stopped cycling since. I'm kind of the opposite end of the stick to Ja. Ja was in, in at a competitive level, you know, from the very beginning where I kind of uh, took up a small bit of, I, I do a small bit of racing, but not as, not as in the same category as Jarlett. But, and yeah, and it, it's about, I suppose, enjoying your cycling. And as Jarlett said, the clubs go out on Saturdays and Sundays. That's when you see little groups of cyclists out in their clubs. There's great camaraderie there. They pull for a coffee somewhere. They have a chat. It's good fun. And in the training, like for Jarrett over the winter, uh, you know, tr- trying to get onto a Ross team uh, for the burn, it's a serious commitment over the winter. Uh, I suppose 10 to 15 hours maybe a week uh, during the winter to, to get yourself ready to even be in a chance to get on the team, you know. So, yeah, look at it, it's, it's, it's great. As I said, there's a bit there for everybody, uh, depending on what you want to do, you know. I suppose that's the message, isn't it, John, that it, it can seem daunting. John Maloney and Jarlett Hassett of the Burren Cycling Club there, and you can watch the video version of that interview in full on the Clear FM Facebook page. Before we go, and of course, this is all weather dependent, another busy weekend of local soccer awaits. The clash of Newmarket Celtic and Avenue United in the Clare Cup, probably taking the title of Game of the Weekend in Ross Levin. Uh, Newmarket hoping to build that continuing momentum of recent weeks, of course, that brilliant 2 0 win over Crumlin United uh, last weekend in the FAI Junior Cup. Uh, two other Cup games currently down for decision as well both having two o'clock starts uh, Moher Celtic hosting Shannon Town B and uh, Newmarket Celtic B facing Manus Celtic that game fixed for McDonough Park we'll keep you posted on those and indeed any changes to fixtures over the weekend and that's where we have to leave you for this week though loads to come over the weekend so keep it tuned to Clare FM to stay up to date with it all the West Wind will keep you going until 9 o'clock do enjoy the rest of your evening